0: welcome to mox out banter where we are here at the NBA trade deadline yes uh, yes and, we are uh, <laughs> we have gigantic news uh i guess we'll just kind of both jordan and i are exhausted from a crazy trade deadline and other things But, uh, George, do you want to start off with what the biggest deal of the trade deadline was?
1: Uh, Well, let me sip my water first real quick. Uh, The mic didn't pick it up, but that was a nice big gulp of water here. Ah, yes, the big trade news of the day. The deal got done. Ben Simmons, James Harden, swapping places. Finally, the beard has arrived in Philadelphia. The Simit, the Simmons saga is over. He is in Brooklyn, along with Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. Sixers get James Harden, who has been pining to get to Philadelphia. As it turns out, everybody was reporting it, but once Woj confirmed it this morning, it was kind of like, okay, that kind of greased the wheels and set things in motion. And we also got Paul Millsap. Uh, and Which let me- I like.
0: I like that. I like Paul Millsap as a him being a throw in is actually a, a kind of a steal to me.
1: Eh, whatever. We got James Harden. That's all I'm worried about. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am just I was at work today. I was scrolling Twitter. You know, I was waiting for the news to break. I was I was hoping we'd get James Harden. And it finally happened. I I tried to not I tried not to go too ballistic. But man, a one, I just want to dunk on everybody who roasted Mori criticized Mori said Mori was a dumbass for holding on to simmons too long you're not gonna get a tw- top 25 player for ben simmons you're not gonna get this and that you should have traded ben simmons for buddy healed you should have traded ben simmons for tj warren you should have traded ben simmons for a burrito and a chipotle bag like shut up shut up like Man,
0: don't like, don't like chipotle is good stuff
1: chipotle is good is good I prefer a real taqueria but anyway Maury knew what he was doing I I, me and you have said it repeatedly on this podcast Maury is doing the right thing holding on to Ben Simmons you got you got this is this was the one last shot to prepare to pair Joel Embiid with another top 10 to 15 player this was the only blue chip asset they had besides Tyrese Maxey, who they didn't give up, by they the way. Get rid of they didn't hey, get rid
0: or, or
1: Thibel. I was amazed or, they got both. Or Matisse Thibel. or any of their other under 24 year old draft picks over the last few years. This, this is why Maury was holding on. Teams get desperate. You saw Sacramento. They didn't want to include Tyrese Halliburton, but apparently he was on the table. Nobody else knew. Teams get, when teams have preseason expectations and shit goes badly and goes away from their expectations real quick early in the season, things change. You you know the NBA landscape. In the 2010s, we have learned one thing. The NBA landscape changes super fast. Super fast. That's why you hold on to Ben Simmons. And what do you know? James Harden gets a little ruffled. He ends up having to carry more of the load than he has been in Brooklyn. Than he wanted to in Brooklyn. Maury sniffs it out. It was also reported last year, by the way, by John Clark of NBC Sports Philadelphia, that James Harden wanted to go to Philly, but that's neither here nor there. It looks like it was still true a year later. Maury sniffs it out. And it's like, hey. Let's make a deal. Oh, and by the way, James Harden opted into his player option. So now he's under contract for another year. So we get a season and a half of him and Joel Embiid figuring out how to play together, which they will do fine in. I'm very confident in. But at the end, but before we get into the particulars of how they fit, my original point, Maury was right for holding on. And y'all dumbasses wanted, to, wanted him to give up Ben Simmons for a fucking bag of chips because he was a distraction to the team. You're not going to get a top 25 player. His value's already low. No, no, no. A three-time All-Star who is a Defensive Player of the Year candidate every single year. Well, yes, he is very flawed and I wanted him, you know, traded. It, he makes the Sixers better, but I also acknowledge that it was probably time to go. It was time to move on, but also don't just trade him just to trade him. Yeah, I I'm sorry. Am, was... am I am I am I popping off too much, or should no, I? No, should no, I, no. Should Keep I, going. Uh... <laughs> I?
0: I'm I'm excited for you because the thing is, like, it blockbuster trades like this are always exciting, and I think like I love getting it from your side. And the thing that I want to point out too is like I actually really like this trade for the Nets too. Oh yeah, I, absolutely. And, like, I don't I don't think there's a loser in this trade, which is like something that's pretty unique yes and something that i think that is like like, every, like everyone wants to pick like sides and I, d- I don't think there's a side to pick here i think that both teams well now
1: is a, well now this, this now the simmons now the daryl Morey is an idiot crowd is now backtracking and they're saying oh the sixers got fleeced they gave up two first round picks like those first round picks won't even fucking matter plus yeah, they're plus they're protected so yeah, you're
0: gonna be so late in the draft. That like, yeah, I mean, they're li- like, they're so gonna be the draft that, like, they're gonna matter.
1: be late round picks. They're pro- both picks are protected one through eight. Like, who fucking cares? Like Seth yeah. Curry, I knew we were probably gonna have to give up one of Seth or Danny. That's fine. Andre Drummond, he's been the best backup Embiid has had. So I mean, that obviously hurt a little bit, but I mean, he's on a one year contract. He wasn't gonna be back with the Sixers next year anyway. So that doesn't fucking matter. Daryl Morey really just gave up Ben Simmons and two lottery-protected first-round picks, which is fine because you got James fucking Harden to pair next to Joel Embiid, who has become, as Wob Perez, Worldwide Wob said, basketball Godzilla. Like it's i'm sorry i interrupted you but i had to go off on the on the because now because now they're changing their stance it's like oh the sixers got fleeced no the fuck they did not if if maxi or thibel or even isaiah joe were included in this deal that i would have been very upset about that but the fact that we didn't give up any of our young draft pick drafted players especially maxi this deal was fine. I was fine with this. You do you do that a hundred times out of a hundred to get James Harden? Yeah.
0: No, without a doubt. And, and again, I think the the thing is like, the sh- again, the shocking thing to me is that they didn't give up either Thibault or Maxi. No, I'm shocked that 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 didn't happen
1: well they've been pretty adamant about it too because a lot of uh, obviously all the reporters were circling like vultures around this potential deal once shams broke the news like a week and a half ago that they were expected to talk um so it it became apparent that maxi at the very least was never going to be included in the deal which thank god i think maxi's going to be an all-star point guard i really believe that the improvement he's shown but um yeah, you get to build. You get to fill out your roster with young players like Thybul, Maxi. We still get to keep Danny Green, who I think is fine. He's just old and injured, but he's still a solid off-ball defender and can shoot over forty percent from three. Um, we still, still got um, still got Isaiah Joe, Shake Milton's still there. Ferk is still like they. The Sixers really didn't give up that much on the aggregate to get James Harden. Plus, he he opted in. Into another year of his deal, the player option. So, um, but we were talking about the Brooklyn side of things. Um, uh, so you were uh, I. That's where I interrupted you. So I'm sorry to disrupt your train of thought.
0: Oh no, I was just saying. Like to me, I I think Ben Simmons is a. Again, I think Harden's the better player, but I think Ben Simmons is a better fit next to what they need.
1: Agreed. With that team. Agreed, a hundred percent. And I think
0: I think Seth Curry gives them another shooting option at a guard spot, which they again needed. I, I think that, I think this deal works out really, really well for both get, teams.
1: Getting Seth Curry. Now that Joe Harris looks like he'll be out for the season. That was, that was a good get for the Nets. Yeah, I, I'm actually kind of bummed. We had to give Seth up, but that's the cost of doing business, you know?
0: Sure. Yeah. I, I again, I, I think that this deal is a rare one where both teams make out, pretty positively here i don't think you can pick out like yeah this is a a fleece or anything like that i think there's a pretty evenly fair trade
1: i mean ben simmons might never take another shot in a game in his life ever again but i mean that's fine when you got <laughs> Kyrie irving kevin durant yeah seth he doesn't curry need to shoot the, yeah he doesn't need to shoot the ball and the seth thing is, curry like, he... pat they didn't have to give up patty mills either like yeah they, yeah this is this is great for this is If you're talking about basketball fits, this was one of the few fits that was good for Ben Simmons.
0: Absolutely. And again, it takes so much pressure off when he doesn't need... All he needs to do is do what he does best, which is
1: yeah. find the open man. Push the ball in, transition, the and ball be in a, transition and be an elite
0: defender. And rebound the ball and stay in the dunker spot.
1: Yep. And he'll be able to get easy buckets also playing off of, you know... Kevin yeah. Durant and half of Kyrie Irving. Well, not even half of Kyrie Irving. I think the Nets have ten more road games left this season or some shit like that. They have they don't have a lot of road games left. They have more home games than road games for the rest of this season. But, you know, if Kyrie ever does get vaxxed, which will never happen, um the a fully a fully realized Nets team, that's gonna be scary. Also, it's a good long term play for the Nets, too. Because like Let's say even the Kyrie situation, let's say for whatever reason, Kyrie is no longer on the Nets in the next year and a half. Ben Simmons next to Kevin Durant, that's a good duo. It is. Kevin Durant attracts so much attention that Ben Simmons would be able to just free roam anywhere. So it's a good deal for both sides. For the Sixers side of it, Joel Embiid has never, not since Jimmy Butler... He has never played with a guard like this. Even this version of James Harden that is hobbled a little bit, out of shape a little bit, he's still averaging 22, 10 and 8. Like that's fucking ridiculous still. Like think about that. Nut. <laughs> that even though Harden's not at his usual efficiency true shooting percentage wise, that's still really good. Like that's and out of absolute insanity, yeah. Like and think of, before You know, remember when Harden first got traded to Brooklyn last year? Like, Harden was kind of on the fringe MVP discussion before he hurt his hamstring. Like, he was playing really good. I imagine if Harden gets back in shape and, you know, the hamstring kind of resolves itself, even though I have some questions about the validity of this hamstring tightness that he's been dealing with for the last two weeks. Uh, He's more like a get my ass out of here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you don't believe in the... uh... The injury, the stay-at-home injuries.
1: Uh, you know, I believe it may be like thirty percent. Thirty percent. You don't believe in
0: Russell Westbrook's lower back tightness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, uh, let's just say I have some questions. Not going to full out call him a liar, but I do have some questions. Um, but, and Embiid on the other end, Harden has never played with a player like Embiid, and if Harden was looking for you know somebody to take the load off cuz that was allegedly one of his problems in Houston before he went to Brooklyn and then realized he found himself quickly in the same thing it's he didn't want to do the, he didn't want to have the insane workload that he had and now that he has Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, a little uh Tobias Harris can finally I forgot about Tobias Harris honestly this entire time but if you put Tobias Harris and Now you have him as the third option instead of masquerading as the second option, where it's a little bit out of his reach as a role cut out to to Tobias post ups should be out of the playbook. Now, like out of the playbook completely. (laughs) He should just be,
0: he's, he's a, he should now be relegated to pick and roll, pick and pop.
1: Yeah. Pick and roll. Well, pick and roll sometimes if that's to get him downhill to the basket, but spacing the floor, making quick decisions. The, the, the expectations for Tobias Harris is so low for Sixer fans. It's basically make quick decisions. Don't try to do a Diet Coke version of Carmelo Anthony and shoot open threes when you're fucking open. That's it. That is it. We we know that he is super overpaid, but we just there are baseline things we want from him for him to be effective, right? James Harden just fixes so many problems perimeter-wise for the Sixers. Ben Simmons was giving us a zero this year and we were two and a half games we are two and a half games out of first in the eastern conference and you just put james harden in there whatever version of james harden this is like come on man you you do this a hundred percent of the time the pick and roll with him beating harden is going to be nasty the pick and pop more specifically um there are some things admittedly you have to figure out defensively with harden is he going to be more engaged than usual um He loves to be in a switching scheme because post defense is really the only thing he's good at. Um, And also off ball offensively is Harden going to be more willing to be active off the ball and get his shots that way. But You do what you can to pair two stars together. And the Maury, he's a madman. He did it. He's one of the best GMs of all time. I don't know why people keep questioning him. Yeah, his methods are shrewd. Yeah, he's more analytically based. So that means he's going to be shrewd with his decisions. And that will maybe hamper some human relationships. But the track record speaks for itself. Like Maury turned this team around last year. In two years, Maury went from... We went from the Frankenstein roster of Al Horford, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Ben, and Joel Embiid and a bunch of just crap fits around Embiid to now this. And I couldn't be happier that he is at the helm of the Sixers. How do you feel about the fit, though? What do you see? Do you have any concerns about the fit of Joel Embiid and James Harden? Okay. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that was a quick segment. No, <laughs> no like yeah,
0: like it, it, it's legitimately one of the more perfect fits that you could come up with for Embiid, in terms of like if you had to pick a player, um, and yeah, like I I don't see any problems with it. I think that you're the issue you're going to have is defensively, but I mean that's why you have Maxi and Thibault, and that's why keeping them is so and key.
1: Danny and Danny Green too, and, and Danny Green, yeah, so, and like, also you know, you, Joel Embiid. <laughs>
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, no
1: I mean I'm like perimeter wise. Like, oh yeah, you know, no no no, I know. Uh, I just we forgot to mention Joel Embiid is also an elite defender. <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah, to me it's just a uh, uh just a matter
1: of insulating him.
0: Right. And it's like, you know, you're you are you have enough pieces now to hide Harden on the perimeter, where mm-hmm. it's not that big of a problem. And I think that's going to be that's something that uh again, it's something that we called with the Nets when they first all teamed up of like I don't know if these guys can defend anybody. And yeah, that's kind of what was kind of their Achilles heel. Well, uh, the
1: injuries was their Achilles heel. Well, injury, heels. yeah. Because they what were mean? amazing when they were together, like number, if you look at the numbers. But yeah. they the Lakers, quote unquote, big three this season, has played oh more God. games than the Brooklyn Nets old big three combined. You know yeah. how co- insane that is? When I heard that stat, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> the Nets only played, the Nets big three, old big three, only played 16 games. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's pretty wild and like Yeah, I I again, I think both teams just needed a reset and and I think this is a perfect like all right, here we go. Like this is this is now the second half of this year. This is what's going to happen.
1: Um and look, this isn't going to be I don't think this is the complete Sixers team. The trade deadline has passed, so they obviously can't make any more moves or whatever. They're probably going to be they are more of an attract they're definitely an attractive buyout option or buyout place so maybe the magic buyout gary harris or something like that and he goes over to the sixers that would be a nice move um they i mean this is just that i i mean it was obviously i i was sort of cautious because i got blue balled last year because we almost traded for harden right and obviously, whether it was Harden chose the Nets or Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta didn't like Daryl Morey for dipping on the Rockets and then immediately re- or signing with the Sixers, whatever it was, um, I was very super cautious. And obviously, like the lead up to the to this week, it was like, okay, like it's obviously out there. They're talking. They're apparently going to talk this week. And I was just, I was just nervous and waiting. But either either way, even if we didn't, if we did not trade for James Harden, it was very clear we were gonna get him in the off season. Like it was that that much was very clear. Yeah. yeah. So enough to where the NBA was already preparing to investigate. Yeah. I mean, wow. yeah, yeah. I I mean, we'll see. I mean, what what the fuck is tampering? Right? <laughs> tampering right. doesn't exist in the NBA. But uh, you know, um, but yeah, man, I'm just, whew, man. Shout out to everybody that was like, "Oh, Daryl Morey's an idiot for holding on to Ben Simmons." <laughs> how how could you waste Joel Embiid's season right now? You got to trade him he's for balling. Buddy for Buddy Healed and Marvin Bagley. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck he's, that.
0: He is he is balling out. I don't want I so okay. I I don't want to talk Lakers today because uh, obviously they didn't do anything... Let's let's here. push but, back the
1: Lakers. They I, didn't make a move.
0: No, I, so I, I don't want to talk Lakers today, but I do want to bring this up because this is something that I was going to... I was going to message you about uh, on Monday, or I wanted to bring up on Monday, but we pushed it back to do the trade deadline stuff. That... I... It makes me really, really sad watching that Lakers-Sixers game because when Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid are both healthy and going at each other... It is some of the most fun basketball I have get to watch. Mm. And watching them go at each other. Like, there was a, uh, you, you, I know you watched that game. Yep. Go watching them go back and forth for like a quarter was so much fun to watch. That was, and, that and was, the, still, that was
1: the best Anthony Davis has played against in B 2 because he usually gets smoked by, Embiid. yeah. And
0: like, <laughs> he, like they were, and the thing was like, they were both battling and going at each other. And mm-hmm. you could tell like it got personal. Yeah. Where they were trying to match. And it's so much fun to watch and it's so, it upsets me so much that they're both injured or like Anthony Davis and, and Embiid are both injured at different times where it's just not, ah, uh, I want to see more of that. And I don't know if we'll ever get more of that. That's how I feel or with, like,
1: a uh, we, we haven't seen this version of Embiid in the last two years of Jokic. We haven't seen those two battle each other either. Cause Embiid has been out injured. I just, want, I just injury. want
0: like, I just want all these big guys, like, Again, we grew up in the same era, so I grew up with like Shaq and KG, Tim and Tim Duncan, Earth and Tim Duncan, yeah, and c Web, and like, like the oh, the Bigs the... are back. Oh, they are, and it's so beautiful to watch them go at each other like that. Even though I
1: put Anthony Davis in a tier below Jokic and beat and Giannis, but <laughs> sure. I
0: mean, I, I, well, we can agree to disagree there. But like, I I think pro- I think Anthony Davis when he plays. Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. What's uh, I'm sorry. What's there? Where, where's the disagreement? I no okay,
0: yes he is in a step below. Okay, the way <laughs> but like, but I'm but to me like in my the it, Anthony Davis playing at like peak Anthony Davis, I put in that level. But he's not he hasn't been that. So I can't I exactly. can't exactly. <laughs> but, no, but but my point is like he was peak Anthony Davis on that night, and he still has the ability to be. And like when he's fully healthy and engaged, like he's so much fun to watch. Um, no, that's that's always been the issue with Anthony Davis. Yeah, a hundred percent, and I I can't disagree with that. But my thing is like I when I'm judging players, like it's tough for me to like separate. Like he can get to that level. It's so it's frustrating to see that he doesn't do it consistently. Anyway, we're not talking about Lakers. The thing the the thing that I want to bring up is this. There's two weird ish deals. There was the there was the Sabonis. Halliburton one, which is kind of like the one, the stunning one from earlier this week.
1: Oh yeah, I was at I was at work. Obviously, I live in Sacramento, so I was at work when this trade happened at what I. What was
0: the, what was the what was the Sacramento reaction? Because I I saw the rest of
1: the I mean, NBA. They were reaction. they were they were ready to burn Golden One Center down. Let me tell okay. you, and well, I felt it, but like in the workroom, there's like three or four Kings fans. Here's how it started. So. I'm in the back, right? Did you start like, What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so you know, one of our old coworkers, he no longer works in the Sacramento office. He works somewhere else. He transferred somewhere else, but he texted one of my coworkers who was in the building yesterday or the when the trade happened, and my coworker was reading. he's like, oh, I got a text from oh, I got a text from so and so. And the next thing I hear is "fuck this, I'm done." And I immediately knew who it was, who texted him, who it was, and I checked Woj's Twitter, and I saw the trade Halliburton for Sabonis. Um, with that was the those were the headline players, and I was shocked. Like I was shocked, honestly, because <clears throat> Tyree. Well, I'm looking at this trade from this perspective. I wouldn't have been trying to make the playoffs if I were the Kings, unless it was organically done. And what I mean by organically done is with the roster that I have and with the drafted players that I have, because I think the Kings should have been committing to building young and oh. through the draft, which they so this, haven't.
0: This brought up, again, like, I'm raised a Laker fan, so like, and LA is spoiled, so we, we think in championships, right? So to me, like, yep. the weird part to me is like, I had Kings fans in my mentions saying that they just want to make the playoffs. And, like, my my argument is always, like, why do you give up assets to be decent? Like, I would rather, like, if I'm, if I'm a team, I would rather my team be garbage, so we're stocking assets and getting good players and talent, or I want to be in contention for a championship. I don't want to give up my assets to be decent. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong for thinking no. this?
1: You're not, you're, no, you're not wrong. And I've had, I mean, obviously like I saw one of the more, you know, blatant and audacious, you know, tanking plans in sports history with the yeah, process, which is what I, w- which I was for the process. I wanted sure. that to work. Yeah. We were we liked like, the, I was for that. I thought that was a smart yeah, move. Yeah. We were middling for almost a decade, especially post I've p- traded after we traded Iverson Um, even with the last three years of Iverson we were still mediocre and didn't know how to build around Iverson then we traded him
0: speaking of Iverson I heard someone call Westbrook Pistons Iverson
1: (laughs) that's what the uh, it it, that that struck my soul but I mean they're not wrong uh, there it was rough seeing Iverson age badly with the the Grizzlies then the Pistons he came back for that lat he came back with the Sixers in 2009-10 and that was it was cool to see him back, but you could tell it was just um, was rough. It was just rough, but uh, I'll
0: continue. So, so yeah. The my my thing is just like I don't understand the mindset of like let's trade all of our let's trade our best asset to be okay.
1: I didn't even know Halliburton was going to be available because they had made no, apparently, it. Apparently, apparently none of the league did. Yeah, none of the league knew. Um, it, otherwise they would have been jumping in on it. Yeah. but I mean. I I get why the Kings did it, especially, look, it's clear Monty McNair is under pressure from ownership to make the play-in. The only thing thing that I could, the only
0: reasoning I could see is if, A, there's pressure from the front office or from the ownership group, right? There is, yes. Or, B, if De'Aaron Fox was like, yo, I'm the dude. Like, you build around me.
1: No, De'Aaron and I don't like and I don't like this dude taking the ball out of my hands. It's definitely the first option. De'Aaron Fox is a he's a good teammate and a good dude. Uh he wanted Halliburton to succeed. He actually Halliburton was Fox's has been Fox's best teammate during his entire time in Sacramento, if we're being real. Um I get why the Kings did that trade, because there's pressure from ownership. They want to make the playoffs, even if it's the play in. Playing doesn't count as the playoffs, by the way. Um, It doesn't. The offense, after the four-team trade that the Kings did today, where they got DiVincenzo, Trey Lyles, and Josh Jackson, I'm only worried about the DiVincenzo piece. But getting Justin Holiday and Jeremy Lamb, guys who could space the floor for Fox, along with Harrison Barnes, those those were good pieces, too, because they got Holiday and Lamb, and that's a bonus trade. I think the offense is... Huh?
0: Well, they can't play though, right? No, he
1: no he can. It, the the California. So I made a mistake. That rule, that vaccine mandate rule, that only applies to Chase Center, not California okay. in general. It, it, um California doesn't have that type of mandate that New York does. Um. So Holiday did play last night. I haven't watched the full game yet. Rewatched or I missed the game last night because I went to bed early. Um. 4 a.m. shift. Uh. But I'm going to rewatch the game. I've watched some clips. I think the offense is going to be good, but I think the problem still remains the same. they like, their defense is going to be suspect at best. Like, Fox is really going to have to commit to finally taking the challenge of being a good defender. Sabonis is okay in drop coverage, but other than that, he can't really protect the rim. He can't switch. Like, I think Biggs, they're. I think the most important defensive position in basketball is the center position. And if you invest in an all offensive big, that's just spells trouble. And, um, but this is going to be Fox's. I, I, Sabonis is a great player. I love Sabonis, by the way. I mean, you don't just sneeze at 22, 10 and six assists a game, right. With high efficiency. I, I, I just personally, I wouldn't have done this trade. Sacramento has made worse trades. Trust me. I know. Cause one of them benefited the 76ers during the process. Um, This isn't the worst trade in the world. I still hate this trade. Cause I think you could have done a lot more team building wise going with Fox and Halliburton. That would have been my number one choice build around Fox and Halliburton. Cause I think people just soured on Fox too quickly this year. He, I i still hold a lot of deer and fox stock i think he's a good player will he be the best player on a championship team no he won't but i could see him being the second or the third he just has a skill set that i like with his speed and getting to the rim yeah and, To me, and his passing to me, he's
0: a, to me he is a poor man's prime john wall
1: yeah i, w- I would probably go uh what's a step below poor <laughs> he's, like a, he's like a he's like he's like a beta version
0: of Prime John Wall.
1: Yeah, like like he's in that vein, right? Speedy point guard. That's a you know solid passer. Can get to the rim. He's a good scorer. And I would have liked. And Halliburton was f- been their best player this year. Uh, yeah,
0: Halliburton's uh, by far their best player. I wouldn't say by far. I would still choose. He's forty percent. He's leading them in pick and roll efficiency.
1: Yeah, this is all true. He 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 he's has been, be, He's probably he has, their best on-ball defender. Eh, like I he, would still, I would still go with Fox or Barnes, but Halliburton. Overall, he's a better off-ball defender and a smarter defender. I think, but he's still one hundred and ninety pounds soaking wet. So I wouldn't agree with right, the on-ball aspect. I mean, he's also twenty-one too. That is also true. Um, I think I. If you're doing a one-on-one comparison, I would still take Fox over Halliburton slightly just cuz I think there's more upside there. I don't I don't but, think like if you're trading pieces, I don't think but, I think they traded
0: the wrong guy.
1: But. Yeah, I, well, I'm so I'm getting to that point if I was forced to make this trade, I would have tried to trade Fox for Sabonis straight up cuz yeah. just just for team building um I just for team building, I would have liked Davion Mitchell and Halliburton in the backcourt on cheap rookie deals. Halliburton has been the King's best player this year. I mean, he's taken the leap in his second year that De'Aaron Fox took in his second year where he was awesome. But Halliburton also averaged damn near nine assists per game. When Fox went down with health and safety protocol back on December 15th, Halliburton took off and the last 24 games for the Kings Halliburton averaged 17.4 points per game 9.4 assists 41 percent from three he started he's developed this season he's developed this sidestep three that's been really deadly and also like you said he's he's been great in the pick and roll he has great chemistry with Rashawn Holmes when he's been able to play and he has a great floater I would have much rather built Halliburton and Davion Mitchell around Sabonis than Fox because I'm not too sure if that's a good fit because Fox can't shoot and neither can Sabonis. But Sabonis does give you some pop in the half court that the Kings didn't have. The Kings just needed a shakeup because that team was quite frankly dog shit. And on top of being dog shit, they were just aesthetically awful to watch. And I when Kings fans say this is like one of the worst Kings teams they've had to watch, that's saying something, you know? Because <laughs> they've seen a lot of bad basketball. But we'll see how it works. I'm not I mean, I'm not as we- I'm not as sour on the trade as I was when it initially happened, but I still would have kept Halliburton and Fox and built around them and built yeah, up the draft. Absolutely. But Well, again, it goes to it goes back to the thing of like
0: This isn't going to propel them to championship contenders. No. So, like, what does this trade do? It gets you into the play-in? I don't...
1: Like, okay. They won't make the playoffs straight up. I guess what... One positive the I will Lakers. like that's, one, they're not going to get in. One positive I will say is that Sabonis is under contract until 2024, so at least they have an all-star locked up long-term. And I think Sabonis made it as an injury replacement last year, but I think his first all-star the year before that, the 2019-20 season, that was a legitimate all-star appearance. Um like Sabonis is a fucking awesome player like oh he's great yeah like we've been the he's he's been the king's best he's the he's automatically the king's best big since demarcus cousins and then going back to that chris weber like the he but um but like
0: now your timeline is so well like you you put the clock on yourself now because now you lost i mean obviously it doesn't work in trend in in trend it doesn't work like this but like Technically, you lost like four years of development or four years of like window, because now you are you traded a twenty-one-year-old guy for a twenty-five-year-old, so now you lost four years essentially with with whatever duo yeah, you're trying to. Yeah, it's build. all
1: yeah. Well, Fox is twenty-four, Sabonis is twenty-five, so the the timeline of your theoretical two stars you're going to build yeah, around now sh- is the it same. It shifts up. It shifts it up. Um, and like I said, Sabonis is. The best player fox is gonna play with um sure. but i i just don't I'm know ju- what i just I, I think me and you are just coming from the perspective of we would have just ran the kings differently and we are not yeah. fact and we're not factoring in that um ownership has been yeah, long yeah, yeah, press sure. long pressuring i mean Mon- but i mean that's that, Mon- that's what makes the kings the kings right because like yeah.
0: they just don't if they're if they're concerned about getting into the plan then you're you're concerned to me you're concerned about the wrong thing
1: yeah and like i don't think they're concerned i don't think their concern was the plan they want to make the playoffs but the plan is obviously yeah yeah it's obviously something they're aiming for now um uh, but i just don't i just, again i don't know what this trade accomplishes
0: and long term i just i don't see i'm just like why
1: yeah i just i just don't like that sabonis isn't a plus defender at the center position i just don't yeah. like i just don't like <laughs> just that gonna, they're just gonna
0: run up and down the floor like it's all
1: i mean the offense is i think the offense is actually gonna be pretty good like it's no, gonna I, be pretty fucking good actually but no i think, I think it's, it's gonna be the same be great problem offensively.
0: i just yeah i think like you're just gonna be a swing door you're, yeah it,
1: which you know they've been a swing door the last two years but now <laughs> two, you're now years.
0: you're an, now you're an older more expensive swing door with less yeah less, with, with, less, with, with less control yeah
1: with less wd-40 in those in those door hinges you know yeah
0: like you, you just, i don't understand like <laughs> i don't
1: understand yeah um i do like that they i do like that they got dante di vincenzo too you can't i like that the kings surrounded Fox and Sabonis with bigger wings now cuz Justin Holiday's 6-6. He could sh- he his main goal is to shoot threes. Um Jeremy Lamb is also big, he's 6-5. Dante DiVincenzo's 6-5. He's a good solid two-way player, although he can get a little bit too adventurous offensively sometimes for my taste. But I get when you when you have those two, you just try, I guess, a simple remedy or a remedy you can try is to just fill them out with three and D-wings, which is what the Kings have done. Because they, they sent out Marvin Bagley in that uh, four-team deal, finally. And boy, yeah. they, we- they drafted Marvin Bagley over Luka fucking Doncic. And they locked Saka their way
0: into Halliburton and got rid of him.
1: And... Sacramento fans were screaming leading up to that 2018 draft. Please draft Luca and Vladi was like, "Nope, he can play the three, he can play the four, and he can play the five. And I was like, "Wait, the, the, did you mean the three? As in small forward?" Yeah, like, he what? saw the he saw the he saw the 2021 Cavs
0: in like his his like mind's yeah. eye. He's yeah, like, he he, he, saw he, like, <laughs> he saw the future. <laughs> he, like, he saw the future. He was like he was like Laurie Marketing can play the three. I know it.
1: Like I we need one of those. And by the way, like I don't think Jeremy Grant got traded, speaking of Detroit. They didn't he didn't get traded. So no, I wonder how the minutes are gonna shake out for Bagley. Because if they shipped out Jeremy Grant, I would have just loved that for Cade's development. Yeah. And especially, you know, if you pair I still hold Bagley stock. I know oh. that I might sound crazy. I think I still think there's talent in there. I was high on Bagley in the draft, so that's definitely part of it. And there have been stretches in Sacramento, believe it or not. Well, if, you, to, if you, if you, to... if you just, if you just swim through the sea of shit that is Marvin Bagley's career in Sacramento, <laughs> whether it's all the injuries or the slumps or whatever, there have been stretches where Marvin Bagley has shown his talent. <laughs> and well, I think playing weird, with Cade would help. Like the
0: weird thing is, like, I, I went to a couple of Drew League games when he was coming out. Before the draft,, mm-hmm. and like I watched him tear people up in that gym, and like nothing that I saw there translated over. You know what I mean? It was just the weirdest thing of like, man, nothing here there's there's certain things, and like when you watch basketball enough, and especially the way that we watch it, and like i don't I don't want that to come across as elitist, but like we watch basketball a little differently than most people. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. there's certain things that you look at and you're like, oh, that'll like that should translate. Like there's a feel, there's a flow, like there's a movement. That's what I saw with Bagley at Duke. Like, and you're like, okay, like I he, he like he gets it, like this is a translate, and it just hasn't.
1: Because <laughs> like he plays hard, he's a good rebounder. I mean, the defense was obviously always going to be questionable. So is so it's was good, the three point shot. Good body
0: control. The forms were yeah. the form is fine, but I think, the I think I think like,
1: I think most importantly, he just hasn't been healthy for his career like he's had a lot of injuries and um like at one point early in the season I think Bagley played like the amount of games that's equivalent to a full 82 game season so he really if you're just talking about if you're going by if you're judging if someone's a rookie just by the amount of games they played he barely passed that first year threshold of being a rookie um and then also there's a I mean sacramento was just dysfunctional with the Vladdy front office and all that stuff getting rid of dave yeager all all of this stuff right um bagley's family just campaigning (laughs) walking the streets of sacramento campaigning to get bagley out of sacramento um so yeah i i guess i see i i the Kings got a good player. I just would have kept Halliburton. I'm high on Halliburton. I think he could be oh, yeah. a third, or he's definitely a starter on a contender for sure. Like at uh-huh. at what at some point in his career, he's going to be a starting key important player on a contender. Oh.
0: I think he's I think he's good enough to be a second or third option on a championship team.
1: Yeah, me and my coworker were arguing about that the other day. It's like, what is a second option? I was like, well because he threw at me um what did he, he threw a superstar at me as the second option and i was like okay well he and he was because we were arguing about Halliburton versus Fox this year and he was like um he was like oh he i don't know if he could be a second guy on a cha- on a championship team like uh you know Kevin Durant or James Harden or whatever and i was like no i, I was like okay no not those guys but can Clay Thompson create a shot own shot no, yeah, like barely, yeah, 100%. like can um. Uh, what about Chris Middleton? Like Chris Middleton turned himself into a nice second option for the Bucks. Like mm-hmm. Tyree why can't Tyrese Halliburton turn into that? Yeah, like, like Tyrese Halliburton, he could has
0: be, like think of he, me. He could be the Lamar Odom. Like if you're talking about those those Kobe the 2010 Kobe championships, like he could be Lamar Odom pretty easily.
1: Like I mean, because think about it, he already has the prerequisite skills, right? He can pass. He's a damn good shooter. He can get into the paint, and he's a smart off-ball defender. He just needs to add. He just needs to add some weight, and you know, fill out his offensive game more.
0: I don't, the, the weight and
1: the strength will come with age. I mean, we already everybody in the draft already put a fucking cap on how good Halliburton would be offensively in the NBA, and he's blown through that in his rookie year already, and he's taken taken another leap. So yeah. why can't Halliburton be? a second best player on a championship team or a third he has winning skills and yeah i just yeah i would have taken my chances with fox and halliburton that's all
0: yeah i'm with you and yeah so that was the that was the very confusing can i give you can i give
1: you a confusing one is it this perzingis
0: one i'm staring at yes (laughs) i am staring right at it
1: i don't i don't know what this
0: deal is either
1: have the mavs watched spencer dinwiddie play basketball this year
0: well, the weird part was too is like they're the favorites to sign, um,
1: Goran Dragic. Drogic. Yeah, after Dragic got he, traded to the Spurs from the Raptors, and he's gonna yeah, get bought but, out.
0: Like to me, Gordon Dragic is just better, a better point guard than Spencer David, even at this point in his career. Like I don't understand why Kevin you would O'Connor trade.
1: literally reported that his teammates were sick of him. Basically,
0: yeah, I don't understand why you would trade for this guy and give up Porzingis and what well, you get. Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans who's a contract that they were wishing to get rid of like I don't I don't get it oh Bertans was in that deal too he's one of the worst contracts in the league that's what I'm saying you got you got Bert you got Bertans who's a contract that no one wants it's an Albatross contract and then you get Spencer Dinwiddie a teammate that no one likes so why like and then you got rid of Porzingis? Why? Not,
1: not only that, Dinwiddie's coming off of a major injury. He's been shooting like shit. He doesn't pass, and he takes terrible shots. Oh, again, I I want why? I, I I will. I saw Ryan Rossillo tweet that he can't wait to see Lucas. He can't wait to see Lucas' first reaction when Dinwiddie waves him off on an offensive possession. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I don't understand what this does. I don't understand it. And Porzingis was playing better for the mavericks under jason kidd he was getting more post-ups he was more active on defense was the healthiest he's been well until the last like two and a half weeks
0: but but like i just don't i
1: don't understand i don't understand i don't understand this either um and they sent a second round pick to washington too like they actually sent a pick back
0: yeah like were they that desperate to get rid of perzinga's stock couldn't have been that low there's no way like
1: i don't get it and also from Washington's side, I still don't quite get why they got poor Zingas. Like No, and like I don't if, think if 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 you're you gonna
0: ha- do this deal, if you're gonna do this deal, right? If you're if you're the Mavs, mm-hmm. They this deal was done before the Harold deal. If you're if they're like, Hey, do you want Montres Harold? I'd rather have Montrez Harrell.
1: Mm hmm. Why? Like I don't know, man. And also for the also- Wizards, like they have the Thomas have, Bryant Thomas Bryant just got back. They have Daniel Gafford, Rory Hachimura. Um, you know,
0: like you you have forwards Koo, up Koo, your ass. Like who's
1: Denny Avdia?
0: Yeah, you have forwards. Like you don't
1: need more forwards. You're turning into the Knicks with how many forwards you're getting. Someone free Daniel Gafford, dog. Like someone free him because he's been out of the rotation when since Bryant came back, and then uh you know obviously the. Against the Sixers, he was playing um, because Bryant was out for the night. But I mean, I don't understand. I don't under I don't understand this move either. And there's like a few Bitcoin jokes to make in here because Mark Cuban and Spencer Dinwiddie are very famously connected to uh, crypto and all that shit. Dinwiddie literally tried to get his contract paid in crypto once. (laughs) Um, But I just don't understand this move for the Mavs i really don't i mean and then you, you could say well maybe they get poor contract off the books but then that becomes moot when you take on dinwiddie's contract and fucking Berton's contract so i don't know man i do like even though it would it was like on my far list far down my list of options. The Hornets getting Montrezl Harrell. Love that deal. I do love I that deal. Really,
0: I actually really love that deal.
1: They're I've still going to allow fifty thousand points at the rim, but at least it's not fifty-two thousand points at the rim. You know. Well, and I love the—he's a high-energy guy, and he finally gives Lamelo
0: a decent lob and inside target. Yeah, pick and, and roll pick between and roll partner.
1: L- Montrezl Harrell is going to make a lot of money this summer. Absolutely, playing with playing with Lamelo. And again, the Hornets, the Hornets win games
0: because they push, mm-hmm. and that's the one thing Montrezl Harold does. Well, they had
1: no choice.
0: <laughs> well, Montrezl Harrell does that better than most players in the league of just pushing the pace, right? So, like, because he's just he's just quicker footed than most bigs. Yeah, he runs the floor. By. He doesn't push the he pace, does. but he, he runs
1: the floor really well. He
0: runs the floor really well. I mean, he's he's outrunning most bigs that play. Like, he can't defend them, but he can outrun them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's out of. All the deals that happened aside from your favorite trade of the day.
1: That's that's sort of the <laughs> one that I'm looking at. Um also uh I thought the celtics Spurs trade was kind of That's a weird one too. It, was, it was weird one It was the... it was it was weird when I first saw the tweet that it was Josh Richardson for Derek Wright White, and I thought it was just straight up. But the Celtics actually sent a first round pick to the Spurs and um they, oh, also, they, they also they also
0: both of the magic. I did see that. So they traded. So now the magic have Bull, Bull, Mo, Bamba, Wendell Carter, Wendell Carter,
1: and who they traded
0: for? so uh they traded. They for... have they have so many bigs, and and they still they still have Jonathan Isaac.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I mean, what the magic. I mean, what? I mean the magic. I'm not too worried about that. I mean they are just shaking out their roster and seeing which players will stick. Um, I mean they could they could they, they have, could
0: they they could see what what Cleveland's doing and go we could do that but better. And I mean they they, put, they know they that put,
1: they put Jonathan Isaac at the
0: two, Wendell Carter at the three, and then play <laughs> Mamba
1: and and Bull Bull. <laughs> I it, the Magic know they have blue chippers, at least to me so far. And Franz Wagner, I think Jalen Suggs is going to be really good cole anthony and Wendell carter jr mo Bamba is going to be a restricted free agent this summer um they're a really weird thing they have big they have huge bigs and small smalls i'm actually weird i've been weirdly intrigued with the magic's young long-term future uh since this season started because i think they have some really good players that have different skills that weirdly fit together um, I mean, they. St- I need to see Jonathan have- Isaac healthy. Yeah, I need to see Jonathan Isaac healthy too. That's a big one. But, I, but still, he-
0: I still think he he has the potential to be a top defender in the league. Oh yeah, what he's
1: a, he's an all def- all NBA level defender when he plays, but that's the issue, right? Yeah, and then you have then you have Chumo Kiki, who's really good also. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do with Terrence Ross and Gary Harris. It looks like Ross well, is gonna stay. Terrence
0: Ross to the Lakers today. What's up? Uh, they almost traded Terrence Ross to the Lakers today. Uh,
1: yeah, al- almost, you know. <laughs> I don't uh-huh. know, but but um, who knows if they'll buy out Gary Harris, but uh, yeah, that one was kind of weird, too. But also, back to the Celtics Spurs trade, um, oh, that's who the Magic also got with Bull, Bull PJ Dozier, who yeah. I think he's out for the year with the torn ACL, but he showed some nice defensive promise with Denver in the limited minutes he got as a wing defender, um, but for the Celtics and Spurs deal, they also got the Spurs also got Romeo Langford, who might develop more differently now that he's not being asked to stand in the corner, a la Grant Williams, um, off of the Jays, right? Um, so I thought that deal was interesting, not good or bad, uh, kind of just like a we'll see. I know Derek White, I'm pretty sure Derek White was uh eligible to be. Extend. i have to i have to look at Derek. I think he has card. an eligible extension last time i checked he did um but i thought that trade was a no yeah he's on a four-year deal 17 uh yeah. 17 a year he's gonna be an unrestricted free agent in 2025 um well, well obviously they, yeah that's yeah. i think the celtics got a really good player there too for, for long term um but for josh richardson too that. I actually kind of like that deal for the Celtics um, more so than the Parker Spurs just, side. He
0: just keeps, just keeps, like, finagling his way into being a top trade asset.
1: <laughs> I know. It's a, like it's, no a combination, it's a combination of the contract and people still going off of that one year in Miami where he shot, like, 37 or 38% from three along with the uh, defense. They're like, oh. well,
0: When you look at, like, all the people and all the deals he's been a part of, you're like, man, he has, like, insane trade value.
1: Mm-hmm and uh seemingly no reason again for seemingly no reason (laughs) and let me and let me tell you i you know was very excited when josh richardson came to philly and that went away very quickly
0: (laughs) yeah i feel like teams trade for him they get really excited and they go oh this was a mistake Mm -hmm. and then they get rid of him for almost the same amount of like he doesn't lose any
1: trade value every time yeah um and then who, who, let me see. I'm looking to, like, there was a, it was actually kind of an action packed, not, it was an action packed couple hours. We, I mean, well, oh, the week leading up to the trade. Well, yeah, so the, yeah. The
0: last two trades that we didn't talk about were McCollum to the Pelicans and Lavert to the Pace or Lavert to the Cavs were the last two that we, like, major ones that we haven't talked about yet. Which we would have talked about Monday, but we pushed this podcast back to... Yeah,
1: I wanted to do a trade deadline pod hey, episode because yeah. I'd never done a post-deadline reaction. And I actually oh, think... you came
0: in hot. You came in ready to go. Yeah,
1: I came in ready to go. I- I'm sure I'm going to listen back to this episode and be like, damn, I was on one. Oh, well. No. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about let's talk about the Cavs first because I actually think this move is kind of interesting. I, think I Laver- like this a lot. I like it too. I think Levert has kind of been overrated the last few years. And I was actually high on Karis Levert in college and early in his career. But I think he is what he is at this point, which is a scoring wing. He can pass when he wants to, but he has tunnel vision a lot. He's a below average three-point shooter. But the one thing the Cavs needed, and it became more and more apparent when Colin Sexton went down, when Ricky Rubio went down, is that Darius Garland was taking on too much of the perimeter load. Especially with a team that's starting three bigs in the starting lineup at any given point, um, ball handers. Yeah, and Karis Levert is somebody who can do that. I think Eric Gordon actually would have been the better option, and weirdly enough, he wasn't traded today. Um, I do like the idea
0: of because the the thing with the Cavs. Yes, they have three bigs, but I mean. Larry Markkinen is barely a big. He's he's a standout near the three point line guy. And then Kevin Love has kind of transformed himself into that too, where like Kar- Karis Levert at least gives you a slashing target, mm-hmm. which I like. It gives them another yeah. dynamic in their offense. He gives
1: he gives the Cavs rim pressure. Also, right. he has rapport with Jared Allen. I was looking at Karis Levert's, you know passes in Brooklyn like his passing stats in Brooklyn and Jared Allen was usually his top target and sure. so he's back with Jared Allen which is actually kind of funny because both of those guys were in the four-way Harden trade last year um but they're back together Looking back on that the Rockets
0: just didn't get anything
1: the, the Rockets trade the rock, the trade from the Rocket side doesn't look as bad as it does as it did last year. I will say that, given what's happened now, obviously, right? Retroactively looking back, but back to the Cavs. Um, Lavert is somebody who can attack off the dribble, get to the rim. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he'll. It'll be interesting to see if he'll come off the bench or start or uh start over Isaac Okoro. I actually would rather prefer to start a Coro um, over Levert and have Levert come off the bench because I think it works better that way. The Cavs were very successful in staggering Rubio and Garland. Um, and I would like to see that same kind of method with the Cavs, even though Levert isn't as good of a passer as Rubio. But I like this move for the Cavs. The Cavs had to kind of address the you know lack of perimeter threats as the injuries have piled up outside of Garland and also take the load off Garland who was also injured, unfortunately, but
0: and also uh, he's not perfect, but I do like the idea of giving a Coro some help defensively of another bigger body wing. Yeah. Levert will
1: Levert will get roasted on defense, but at least he's big. Yeah, you know? he he he's the long boy. Like at least he has the body type to stick with people. Yeah, if he wants to, that's the thing. Right, but yeah.
0: I mean, it, again, it's not, he's not going to do it for long. You're still expecting a core to take a lot of the number one options. You're just helping him out and so he doesn't have to do it for forty eight
1: minutes, right? Hmm. And so, uh, yeah, offensively, I think it gives the Cavs some juice. And what I mean, the Cavs have been one of the best. The Cavs and the Grizzlies, I think, have been the two best stories in the NBA. Um, the Cavs I think are the best story because I did not see this coming at all like I was high on Darius Garland especially after he took the leap last year I was high on Evan Mobley and I was a coward and didn't commit to my deep down soul take that he was the best player in this draft I was a coward I admitted it on this podcast before and I will admit it again but I was super high on Evan Mobley I think anytime you have a point guard and a center and two that can work off of each other like that, you could just build the rest of your roster out however the hell you want because those two are so versatile with their skill sets. Mobley is going to be fucking special, man. Like, (laughs) he's going to be so good. And um, it will be interesting to see what the Cavs do with Colin Sexton because there have been extension talks with Levert, especially because the Cavs gave up a first-round pick in two seconds, I believe. I think
0: Sexton just walks. I think, I think the,
1: walks. I think the Cavs are gonna sign and trade Sexton. Because Sexton's gonna get money. He's gonna get signed with one of these teams with Cap Space, even if it's one of the bad teams. And I think the Cavs are gonna do a sign and trade with Sexton to try to get more pieces. Um, but or who knows? Maybe they might keep Sexton if the owner's willing to pay some to fork over some cash, but I don't I think, think that's so. gonna happen. No, so no. um I think a sign and trade is more likely. But uh this definitely I think closes the door a little bit more on Sexton being a Cav next year. So, that's that's the other trade. Uh what are your thoughts on the McCollum trade? I was more so shocked at how
0: low Colin Sexton or uh not Colin Sexton, uh McCollum's value has dropped. Uh, I wasn't like, that sh- I it, think it's a it's about right. McCollum's well, a star. No, no, I'm 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 not saying you know like he went for lower than I thought. I'm saying compared to where he was like two even two seasons ago, like how far down the
1: road his comp- like
0: his value has dropped.
1: Like I don't even know I I don't know. I maybe maybe you saw something and I and I didn't. But I, I think his value has bit I think his value's always remained the same. I think value in a lot of cases think, is relative. Think about it. But he like got, a scoring got- guard with a with big money on his contract, I think the value was about what it was, I guess.
0: Well remember, there was a lot of talk that they could he could bring in something to help people were People were talking about well, okay. Again, this goes back to your point of like selling low on Ben Simmons, right? Yeah. People were were like, "Bring CJ to Philly." Yeah, and like again, we went we went from that to them finally trading him and getting Josh Hart as a keep as their as like the 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 centerpiece Mm -hmm. of that trade. And think about that, and and think about where, where we were before. Like, they went from getting borderline stars or borderline all star players for CJ McCollum to a Josh Hart is essentially a, a sixth or seventh man on the bench.
1: I feel bad for Josh Hart because he's been fantastic this year. He's had a career oh, year. Oh hey, he's he's been great. Uh but I actually kind of weirdly like this trade for the Pelicans because they need to give my boy Brandon Ingram some help, please. He's been operating in a phone booth, especially without Zion. And I think I don't know if they're gonna move Devontae Graham to the bench, but I would. Um I would start Brandon I would start CJ McCollum, Herb Jones, who has been fucking fantastic this year as a rookie and deserves to be on an all rookie team and has an argument to be on an all defensive team. He's one of the best wing defenders already in basketball as a rookie. Um I would start McCollum, Herb Jones, Ingram, Valanciunas. I know I'm missing somebody from, I know I'm, uh, if, if this ever, if this ever went viral on Twitter, I'd get roasted for, uh, forgetting, um, let's see, this is great podcasting. Um, yeah. Herb Jones, CJ McCollum, uh, Brandon Ingram. I mean, or, I mean, Larry Nance, I would have put there, but he's going to be, he has knee surgery he's I'm gonna, gonna that, yeah man. he's gonna he's he has knee surgery um the man is a free throw in three
0: years
1: <laughs> maybe um but i just i would i would try to normalize my starting lineup and not start two small guards in the backcourt um and i would have Devonte come off the bench because i don't think he's a starting point guard in this league i think he's a spark plug scorer off the bench and you know he would help a good team but i just don't think he should be He's not starter material to me. Um but I like this move for the Pelicans. And once and it sounds like Zion is going to come back this year is what reports are saying out there. So I'd be shocked. At this point I'd be shocked. Well, the Pelicans are a half game out of the play-in and it sounds like ownership has been, you know, getting on David Griffin a little bit. So uh, he he's made some
0: terrible deals. Well, yeah,
1: but I'm I'm not talking about even the deals Griffin's made. I think they want him to make the playoffs or the play-in, kind of like what the Kings' mandate, quote unquote, yeah, yeah, yeah. is. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see if Zion does come back. I actually kind of like that projected starting lineup, though. So yeah, I do too. I think yeah. I
0: think the a big three, quote unquote, of. C.J. McCollum, Ingram, and Zion is actually pretty dirty.
1: But as far as the Blazers, like Dame, it's time to run from the grind, man. I
0: he's never gonna run from the grind.
1: It's 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 time to run from the grind. I and the mean, thing is
0: too is like he's saying everything that he's saying is everything that KG said in Minnesota. Yeah. And then KG went to Boston and he said, Oh man, I should have left Minnesota earlier. And yep. I feel
1: like that's what's gonna happen to Dame later in his career. He's gonna regret it. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's admirable to stay with the franchise for one year or for your whole career it's very admirable. I I like that story like I mean Tim Duncan synonymous with San Antonio Kobe synonymous with the Lakers Dirk synonymous with Dallas Steph is synonymous with the Warriors um Dame is going to be synonymous with Portland but like the back end of this this is going to be bad like what was that Clippers trade What the fuck was that? Uh, You gave away Robert Covington and Norm Powell for free. How how is Jerry West still allowed to swindle teams? That goes goes back to
0: the the Jerry West Lord of the Rings meme. Jerry West is still swindling teams. Do not let him speak. He'll
1: cast a spell on you. (laughs) 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 It's really true. Bro, Jerry West is 84 years old and he's still swindling NBA teams. Like what the fuck was that trade? He, they gave away. Now, now I have to look at the trade again. I did a whole video where I just, I just scorched this trade. The you allowed the Clippers to get off Eric Bledsoe. I'm still, I'm, I am gonna sink on the island of Justice Winslow. I don't care if my assets are flooded or whatever. I'm gonna be on Justice Winslow Island. I'm still high on him. But Eric Bledsoe, Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a 2025 second round pick. For Norm Powell and Robert Covington, you couldn't get more value out of that. And then I had somebody comment on my video like, oh, this was to clear, um, this was to get the, the, uh, the Blazers below the tax so that we could sign Nurkic and all that stuff. Yeah, that, I know why the Blazers did it. It was still a stupid fucking reason to do it. Like, if your goal was to tear it down... And uh, if your goal was to tear it down, you think you couldn't get more value out of a three and D wing who is on a very reasonable contract? Norm Powell just signed a four-year contract with the Blazers. The Clippers have Norm Powell to play off Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for the next three years. Robert Covington, well, Robert Covington is now obviously going to stay with the Clippers past the deadline. But Robert Covington, yeah, he's his skills have kind of deteriorated over the last two years but that's because he's been asked to defend the best player all the time because cJ and Dame can't guard anybody and that's not Robert Covington's strength his strength yeah. is more off ball his shot has gone away which is kind of bad but he's still a solid role player so you're gonna just gonna give him to the Clippers too for free not only yeah. that like I don't know man the like the clippers just keep maneuvering in ways like I know the Lakers Clippers rivalry. That's you know big brother little brother rivalry. Who's the who's the team in L A? It's still the Lakers. Whatever the Clippers have had the better front office than the Lakers have the last yeah. four years yeah. five years. It's not even close. 100%. Yeah, like sorry, even with sorry. the La- even with the Lakers uh, championship. Like if you're just talking about overall their performance, I mean Jerry West Frank Lawrence like they're all in that. They've just been swindling teams, man.
0: Yeah. That and, was a very one-sided trade. And It looked like a panic deal from the Blazers just like get rid of the get rid of the contracts. Flush them all. Yeah. Flush them down the toilet. It's like it's like when the cops are at the door and you're like flush it down the toilet. That's, I mean, that's honestly, what it was.
1: Honestly, I kind of like the return the Blazers got for McCollum in this in this particular trade more so than the first trade. Like because well, yeah. they get Cause Josh he- Hart, they also you know shipped out Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Tomas They that's the thing. They redirected some of those pieces from the McCollum trade to the Spurs and the Jazz, and they ended up getting Joe Ingles, who's expiring this year, so that contract's going to be off the books. Elijah, I forgot his name. Um, Sorry, Elijah. I butchered your (laughs) last name. I was
0: going to say Elijah Mitchell, but that's the running back for the Niners.
1: Yeah, that's... Yeah, that... Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then a second-round pick, like, that's the the Blazers did okay there. But like that first trade, dude, what the just, just what the fuck? You're just giving well, the again, Clippers it, it, good players it looked for free. Like,
0: it looked like the Clippers just called and said, Hey, we'll take these contracts off your plate. Just take Eric Bledsoe. And they said, okay. And they took Eric Bledsoe and Justice Winslow and I, I think Keon Johnson was in that trade. And they're like, okay. Let's take them. Yeah. It's
1: Yeah. It's very it, odd. Very I, the Blazers' reputation just went down the shitter over the last year. and Oh, two years. Like like Joel Embiid tweeted, time to run. <laughs> By yeah. the way, I before we close out the pod, I have one very important question to ask you. Yeah. Who is the better basketball tweeter, Kevin Durant or Joel Embiid? Joel Embiid. 100%. Yeah, I, I agree. Kevin, Kevin Durant, Durant. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant he he's good. He has some good zingers, but he's a volume shooter on Twitter. No, cuz
0: every every one of Joel Embiid's tweets is funny yeah. and like really self-aware?
1: Yes. And We're that the sure, best thing about the best thing about Joel Embiid is he tweeted a lot more early in his career. He doesn't really tweet that much anymore now that he's gotten older. He but when picks he and chooses. but when he when he tweet, yeah, exactly. He picks and chooses, and when he chooses, it's fucking funny. the The tweet that he posted after the Ben Simmons trade is one of the greatest tweets I have seen from anybody. Period. It, for, it's great for, for the those thing for that's, those. Oh, great sorry, like... Ahead. Every it's all his tweets are subtle.
0: Yep. Like if you don't know what's going on, you wouldn't get it.
1: It's one of those wink, wink. I'm tweeting about something else, but you know what I'm yeah. tweet, really tweeting about. You yeah, know they're great. Like and, in like <laughs> last week, Embiid tweeted a picture of just a pack of Charmin toilet paper, and it, <laughs> it, it like and it said Charmin shot uh, Charmin soft. Yeah. And then. He tweeted four more times and made it clear that he was watching a soccer game, but we know he was talking about Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, the thing is, but no. Look, oh, sorry. No, at, no I have to. I have to... account. When you look at Durant's account, it's like if you gave a high school kid a
1: Twitter account. He has more was, tweets oh. than points. He has more yeah. career tweets than points. And Kevin Durant scored a lot in this league. <laughs> oh, I was going to say for context. Um, after the Ben Simmons trade news broke Joel and tweeted a picture of a uh, tweeted a picture of a black man at a funeral with uh his hands folded and just staring at the camera with the sunglasses on with a straight face i'm sure you guys know the meme but the yeah. context of the meme is that guy, he posted that Twitter on his own Instagram account, like all these years ago, like eight or nine years ago, and he was saying, "I'm attending my biggest hater's funeral. Got to pay respects." <laughs> <laughs> and so, Joella B. tweeted that picture uh, after the Ben Simmons news broke. You could, I could, I would venture to gander that he's happy about the trade. Yes,
0: <laughs> yeah. <Daddy. laughs> and, like, and like, oh my God, again, a guard who could shoot! <laughs> Going back to like the full full circle of this episode, yes, Ben's or Ben's or uh, Embiid is probably incredibly happy, but I bet Duran is happy too. Again, I think this trade worked in all directions.
1: Yeah. I agree. It's you know, oh I mean, obviously, I agree. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> Shout out Daryl Morey, man. Yeah, like, so like, like, bro. Like, to go from Brian Colangelo to Elton Brand, who was also fucking terrible, and then to go to Daryl Morey, like, that's just that's such a massive swing of emotions of, like, for not only for the fan, but, like, a sw- massive swing in just baseline competence for a GM. And, like, obviously Sam Hinky's connected to Daryl Morey, like, so this kind of goes full circle for the process, too. Um, Like, Daryl Morey's gonna finish the job that Hinky wasn't allowed to finish because, you know, ownership cowered and allowed the NBA to bring in Jerry Colangelo, who then hired Brian Colangelo as the general manager, after claiming that they have done, like, 70 interviews or whatever. Bullshit. And then ownership decided to give Elton Brand the GM job when he had no experience whatsoever being the GM. Yeah, I remember
0: that. I remember that when he got hired. That was a weird. I remember thinking, like, does he know what he's doing? It's a Guess stupid. Not. It
1: was a stupid move. You're being too kind. It was a stupid move. <laughs> it was dumb. It was one of the all time dumb decisions. Um, uh, but now we're here, and we have two of the best fifteen players in basketball playing in the city of brother- brotherly love, and it's just, oh, it's just oh so fantastic. <laughs>
0: All right, well, Jordan, we're gonna end there.
1: Yes, we will. <laughs> all
0: right, well, congratulations on your huge success. Um,
1: yes, I, 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 put in all the work. You know, I made the calls. I brought, I brought James Harden to Philly. You could thank me. No. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we'll we'll catch you guys next week. The B.O.B. Bound the bust, 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 b